This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, some other news to get to. The uh, minimum wage increase, uh, $15 an hour by 2018, was made official today. Uh, so we can have some conversation around that. But I, I do think uh, there'll, there'll be some points to be made on pipelines, and specifically the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion proposed by Kinder Morgan. Uh, Now, a couple of stories on this front today. Uh, A federal court of appeal has rejected a challenge from a B.C. First Nation. Now, this concerns the NEB's review of Kinder Morgan. Uh, This uh, First Nation had argued that its rights were violated by that process. But the federal court of appeal today rejecting that challenge. Uh, Now, this comes uh, amid questions about... Uh, the federal government's commitment to some of these proposed new pipeline and pipeline projects. Now, there's been so much going on around Energy East and the National Energy Board's review of Energy East, but Bloomberg News, though, has the story today that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau wants to approve at least one new pipeline project in his first term. And that Trans Mountain expansion, Kinder Morgan's proposed project, would be the most likely candidate. Now, he's going to have to make a decision at some point soon. As Bloomberg points out, there are three big decisions he's going to have to make. There's the Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain proposal. There's Northern Gateway, uh, an appeal related to that. Uh, And there's the Pacific Northwest uh, Natural Gas Project. So those are all coming up. Energy East is probably uh, a couple of years away. And I think that the whole NEB process has been delayed. But as you would expect, uh, there is opposition to these projects, and the proposed expansion of the Trans Mountain Pipeline is no different. Uh, Joining us on the line is Carl Perrin, represents a a group known as Broke, that's Burnaby Residents, opposing Kinder Morgan expansion. And Carl joins us on the line here today. Carl, good afternoon. Welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you for calling. Well, I appreciate you making some time for us here today. I, I think um, it is important to, to understand what the motives are on, on the part of those who oppose this project, because I, I think there is support in Alberta for it. So, Carl, give me an overview of, of what it is your group is concerned about. Okay, first is the um, Burnaby Board of Trade uh, is concerned about earthquake, and we are also very concerned about a major earthquake, which would uh, possibly trigger a fire at the tank farm. And the uh, tank farm could um, result, a fire there could result in a forest fire around Burnaby Mountain and uh, a possible explosion at the uh, tank farm, which is very close to Simon Fraser University. Um, Now, the other thing is uh, uh, the possibility of a uh, spill into our waters and um, our tourism industry is uh, really dependent on having a good reputation and so there's the potential for uh, 200,000 tourism jobs to be affected. Um, the uh, killer whales in the uh, waters between here and Vancouver Island um, are uh, going to be uh, affected by normal operations of uh, the tankers going from five per month to 34 per month, and they'll be Aframax tankers, so they'd be much bigger and much noisier. And so the killer whale pod, the permanent um, group of killer whales and called the Southern Resident Killer Whale Pod would be wiped out. According, and that's according to the National Energy Board um, report. Uh, they say, well, we'll just have to live with that. And um, the other big thing, of course, is climate change. And so uh, the upstream 
greenhouse gases would be equivalent to about 2 million cars on the road and the downstream about 18 million cars on the road. So uh, climate change, um, unfortunately, the federal government can't have it both ways. They can't build more pipelines and more expansion of uh, the uh, products coming from the tar sands and reduce our greenhouse gases to a level where the world, you know, won't go over two degrees Celsius. If we go over two degrees Celsius, it's game over. Um, there'll be runaway uh, global warming. And um, once runaway global warming really gets going, it's already going in the Arctic. But uh, once it really gets going, then um, uh, there's no holding it back and uh, we're going to fry. Okay. So um, climate change has to be considered in, in the mix. Uh, the other thing is the economics. Um the uh, economist Robin Allen, who used to be the head of the Insurance Corporation of British Columbia, um, has um, found by digging that the taxes paid by Trans Mountain, uh, Kinder Morgan, Canada, are um, very, very small. In fact, this has been a modus operandi for Kinder Morgan in the States is to reduce their tax burden as much as possible in order to please the shareholders. Well, the shareholders aren't that happy either because the dividend went down 75% last year. And um, so Kinder Morgan Canada is um, not uh, going to, they're not going to uh, deliver the uh, tax revenues that people are talking about or uh, the permanent jobs and maybe 50 permanent jobs. So uh, there are a number of reasons also the Tsleil-Waututh First Nation and other First Nations along the path are very uh, strongly opposed to, to the, uh, the Kinder Morgan expansion um, and uh, they have a sacred trust initiative and they are um, going all over North America. In fact, they went to the uh, stockholders meeting in Houston of Kinder Morgan and told them that, you know, they've been winning in the courts and they will be fighting this in the courts and so... Uh, you know, there's a good chance that um, the uh, decisions in favor of First Nations would uh, restrict, if not kill, uh, the possibility of an expansion. Okay. Well, I want to go through some of these points. Obviously, then, you've, you've touched on a lot here. We're talking about an existing pipeline, an expansion of an existing pipeline. that will have two lines, by the way, for refined pro- product and, and for heavy crude. But this is going to... There was the refinery in Burnaby, but there are a number of refineries in the Puget Sound, as I understand. And and at present, in fact, for the past couple of decades, about 600,000 barrels per day have been coming down from Alaska to feed these refineries, that it would be preferable then to be able to feed these refineries with product from Alberta. So why why is the status quo acceptable? Well, the uh, tankers coming from Alaska are restricted to 200 miles outside of the um, Canadian shore. Um, so they do not come through the inner channel. They don't come through the, um, the space between uh, Vancouver Island and the mainland. Uh, they have to be out at sea where it's much safer. And so they have been, uh, ever since the Exxon Valdez, they've, uh, you know, got double hulls and they have been restricted in terms of how close to land they are before they get to Cherry Point in Washington. And so, uh, that's, that's preferable, uh, from, from an accident perspective. Um, and the, uh, Americans, you know, are going to use their own oil, um, much more likely than than buying it from Canada. So uh, I I don't think that that uh, 
what was it, 600,000 uh, well, barrels si- per yeah, day? Yeah, 600,000 barrels per day. Yeah, I mean, it's been I, the case for the last 20 years. Well, I think there's a concern that, that, the, uh, that the Alaskan oil fields are drying up and what's going to keep supplying these, these refineries. But nonetheless, that, that oil is being brought down to these refineries mm-hmm. as it stands right now. They need mm-hmm. to, to they need to come to shore. They need to bring the oil in, and those tankers yeah. have been going repeatedly, constantly, for yeah. the last twenty years. Well, you know, it would be preferable uh, for a lot of people uh, if the um, tar sands uh, deal bit was going to Cherry Point rather than to Burnaby. Uh, you know, there's a lot of NIMBY arguments against uh, having it in in Burnaby uh, and through the um, the narrow. Uh, uh, Second Arrows Bridge and uh, on through past Stanley Park, etc. So um, a lot of people would favor that. Personally, uh, I'm I'm involved uh, primarily because of climate change, and so uh, I I am hoping that there will be uh, sufficient solar and wind um, technology that uh, we will be able to reduce uh, significantly the um, uh, dependence on fossil fuels. Well, but the dependence exists. The pipeline doesn't create the demand. The demand exists, uh, and the supply fills the demand. We can uh, squelch this pipeline and the others. That's not going to take a single car off the road anywhere in B.C. Yeah, the demand the m- demand exists um, partly because people think they can get away with it. But as time goes on, what there people? are what does that increasing, mean? increasing disasters uh that are climate related like fort mcmurray um you know as those disasters increase then the public's perception of the um trade-offs of having the 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 uh the um fossil fuels available versus other forms of energy um that's going to change significantly so i expect that during this hurricane season uh there will be things like uh, hurricane sandy um that devastated New York and New Jersey. And when that happens, then a lot of public opinion will shift. Well, it's been pretty quiet on, on the hurricane front. Where, where, where do you get the notion, though, that what happened in Fort McMurray is linked to climate change? Uh, because the El Nino was enhanced, uh, and then also there was the, the what's called the blob, a 10-year um, uh, cycle of uh, warm water that was off the coast of British Columbia. And those coincided, and um, they are enhanced by the um, in, in the surface temperature of the ocean is getting warmer. And so uh, that resulted in uh, a weird weather pattern with the... Um, well, it wasn't weather the, patterns that caused the, the fire. Look, stream, I, look I've, I've not seen a credible wobbling. climatologist claim that. There are those who say that that's the kind of thing we could expect in the future with climate change, but to suggest that climate change caused that fire... Uh, I don't see that there's any evidence to claim that, Carl. Yeah, well... Um, well I'm, somehow I'm somehow, blo- somehow blocking a pipeline would have any impact at all on that. Sorry? The notion, though, that, that even if we accept that premise, that that's what caused this, this fire, I, the, the notion that blocking a pipeline would have any measurable impact whatsoever on fossil fuel consumption and CO2 emissions, that that's just simply not credible. Yeah, well, what what we have to do is take a look at what happened in Paris last December and find out if Canada is going to be a laggard or a leader in terms of uh, climate change. Uh, and somebody's going to have to go first. And, um, well, does that so mean far, price and Canada carbon? What does that mean? Far behind. But what does that look like? What, what kind of policy do you, do you think that entails? Well, a fast 
turnover to uh, solar is the first thing because the price is coming down rapidly in terms of solar energy. And so uh, it's time for Canada to get busy and start manufacturing uh, a lot more solar power. Well, okay, we, and we can do that, Carl, but I mean, doesn't it seem naive to suggest that we're just going to get off oil tomorrow uh, in, in the process? Do you not think that it's possible to have a regime where we have a price on carbon, we have stringent environmental policy, but we're still an oil-producing country? Well, I understand. Uh, but but can we be both, been, is what I'm asking you. I've been fighting climate change since 1993. Well, that's, that's great, but can we be is, both? What? Can we be both? Can we be responsible environmentally uh, and yeah. have strong climate change policies and still be an oil-producing country? No. And, and that's the dilemma for Trudeau, uh, is because he's promising both. And he's going to have to choose one or the other. Why does it have to be one or the other, Carl? Because you know full well that if we stop, someone else is going to fill that void. As you say, the Americans uh, are going to try as they can to, to get oil to those refineries in the Puget Sound. They're building, my goodness, they're building rail lines, Carl, from the back in oil fields to try to feed these refineries. Someone's going to fill that void. Well, as I say, as these disasters increase uh, that, that are partially or completely attributed to climate change, then uh, public perception uh, will change enough, I hope, um, so that uh, our next generation won't be facing wars and, and starvation in 2050. Can putting a price on carbon reduce consumption and therefore emissions? Yeah. Okay, that, so that, wouldn't you prefer that nations that are supplying the world's oil market are nations that put a price on carbon, that are reducing emissions? Oh, definitely, definitely. Okay, but that's yeah. what's happening in Canada, not in the U.S., uh, not in Venezuela. Yeah, we've in B.C., we've got uh, a, a, a very small carbon tax. Well, Alberta's uh, bringing one in. The Ottawa's bringing, bringing one in. Alberta's bringing one in. That's, and it's, it's got to be revenue neutral. Or, or it's not politically acceptable. Well, and I'd agree so with that, in, in but the BC, fact is that it's it happening. Reduces, in B.C., it reduces our income tax. And uh, so we can increase it further and then further decrease our income tax. And so that's what a revenue-neutral carbon tax does. Okay, and well, you're making be... an environment, or rather an ec- economic argument that, that I'm supportive of. My point is that B.C. has a carbon tax. Ottawa is going to be imposing a carbon tax. Alberta is going to be introducing a carbon tax. You just conceded that carbon taxes are an effective way of reducing consumption and reducing emissions. Right. Okay, so you suggested that we can't do both, that we can't be an oil-producing country and be a leader in, in pricing carbon and reducing emissions. But that's well, precisely the whole, what the we're whole doing. Point, the whole point of carbon taxes, which I favor, carbon revenue-neutral carbon taxes, is to reduce consumption of gasoline, okay? Right. And, and, and so uh, that means uh, uh, a reduction in the output from the tar sands, ultimately. What's going to replace gasoline, though? Uh, so, well, solar power, for one thing, uh, electric vehicles, uh, and especially electric vehicles where the electricity comes from hydro um, and um, from, from solar. And uh, so once electric vehicles get going, then, uh, which, which are quite efficient because the motors don't require much repair, um, so repair costs will go down dramatically once electric vehicles are, are being mass-produced. 
And uh, so that will help a lot in terms of uh, uh, people moving around. But the other thing is going to be public transit. Has the carbon tax in B.C. Re- resulted in an increase in, in uh, solar-powered vehicles? Uh, I doubt it. I doubt it. No, it's, it's, it's known to decrease um, gasoline consumption. That's been proven. But uh, it's, it's so small, it's not making us a significant So you're, you're talking about a need for direct subsidies? No. Well, how no, are we going to develop we, solar then? We, oh, in terms of solar? Well, yes, I would say that um, if there were uh, tax, uh, subsidies and tax breaks going to uh, fossil fuel companies and those were and, and fossil fuel in- infrastructure like Kinder Morgan, um, the, and if those subsidies and tax breaks were transferred to solar and wind then that would be, you know, useful to get it uh, up and running. Okay, because it seems to me if we have a situation where the, uh, the federal government says no to, to Trans Mountain but doesn't put money into solar versus a scenario where Ottawa says yes to Kinder Morgan and says yes to investing billions in solar, which scenario would you prefer? Um, well, the first one, yeah. No pipeline and no investment in solar? Um I think that the solar is going to be cheap enough that there won't be a uh, a need for that much subsidy because uh right now it's taking off in China and uh and and in California and so that uh the market itself will drive uh, okay. a lot so of So approving approving solar. this pipeline wouldn't stop that. Sorry? Approving this pipeline wouldn't impact that. No, not approving the the pipeline would uh help to reduce the uh expansion of the tar sands. Well, explain, I don't follow them. We're talking about the existing capacity of the tar sands, as you call them. The existing capacity is acceptable. Um, we're against the expansion. So, uh, well, we're talking about know, the expansion inter- of a pipeline. Intermorgan expansion means going from 300,000 barrels per day to 890,000 barrels per day. And at, at present oil prices, etc. Uh, it seems like the the existing pipe isn't being used at full capacity. And so uh, there really doesn't seem to be a good economic argument for building another pipeline. All right. Well, um, Carl, we'll leave it there. I do appreciate you making some time for us here this afternoon. As I say, it's good to know where the other side is coming from on this debate, and we'll, we'll see what happens from here. Appreciate it. Okay. And okay. remember, we've got earthquakes. I hope it's not soon. Uh, yeah, no kidding. All right, Carl, thanks again. There you go. Carl Perrin uh, with Broke, Burnaby residents opposing Kinder Morgan expansion. Um, so I, I'm, uh, I don't know. It seems my takeaway here is, is that his location, his uh, place of residence is kind of a moot point here. That really this is an environmentalist trying to make an environmental argument against not just this pipeline, against the oil industry in general. But he did make some of the points uh, about tankers, about the potential risk, about, he says, earthquakes. Yeah, I guess uh, earthquakes are, are a concern. But, of course, we're talking about an existing pipeline feeding existing refineries. And I think there's a big earthquake on the West Coast. We've already got a lot to worry about. 974-8255. Uh, you can text us at 770-770. What you made of uh, what you just heard there, those are the folks in Burnaby opposed to this pipeline. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.